Coming up on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, it looks like most of the biggest offseason moves are most likely over. There could still be a trade or two, but might as well do a little power ranking of the divisions in baseball, ranking the teams in each division, the World Series contenders, the teams that suck. We're power ranking MLB divisions on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. Trying to hit 400 subscribers by the end of the month. I believe we're at like 330, 330, 329 right now. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. But for today's show, I admittedly was inspired by a Bleacher Report article that I saw a couple of days ago power ranking the divisions in baseball. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with Bleacher Report's power rankings of these divisions. So I was like, let's come up with our own power ranking. Let's come up with our own metric system and do it for the podcast because we're going to power rank each division. And basically my criteria for power ranking each division is broken down to four categories. How many World Series contending teams do you have in your division? How many teams are just in the playoff mix? A team that I like to make the postseason by a team that I probably don't think will win it all. How many teams in your division are just frisky? They probably won't make the playoffs, but if they do, you won't be entirely surprised. You're just you're just happy for a 500 season, maybe an 85 win season, and just play spoiler in the month of September. And then how many teams in your division just straight up suck, straight up have no chance, vying for the number one pick, going to be in the lottery, don't even want to win games this year, just straight up tanking. So those are the four categories that these teams will be broken down into for each division. World Series contenders, playoff mix, frisky, or just straight up sucks. And we're going, we are going to do the reverse order here for our power rankings we're going to start from the bottom sometimes with power rankings i think it's better to start from the top but for these i think it's a little bit stronger to start from the bottom because i believe easily the worst division in baseball heading into 2023 is the al central because right now i've it broken down as there's only one team who I think is in the playoff mix in the AL Central. The AL Central, I think, is the only division of baseball that doesn't have a true World Series contender. If any of these teams from the AL Central won this World Series, I would actually be shocked and in awe. 
I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of these teams made the playoffs. But if they actually made the playoffs, ran the gauntlet, and won it all, I would definitely be shocked. Because the Guardians, I think, are the only team in the playoff mix. The Twins are frisky. The White Sox are frisky. And then you look at the Tigers and Royals, and I think both of those teams suck. The Guardians, they're a good baseball team. But I don't think they're a great baseball team. They were able to... Make some additions this offseason. Added the Josh Bells. Added the Mike Zuninos. Added some real power this offseason. They needed some more veteran leadership on that roster because the Guardians were one of the youngest teams in baseball last season. And I love their rotation. I love Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. I think that's one of the nastiest one-two combos you could have in the sport. But when I just look up and down the Guardians roster, I, I see a playoff team, but... I don't think I see a team that could win a World Series. I would be shocked. Like, if you had to pick a World Series MVP from that team, like, who would it be? Would it be, like, a Shane Bieber type? Probably a Jose Ramirez. Like, Hondras Jimenez and Jose Ramirez had great seasons last year in that lineup. But if Jose Ramirez takes a little bit of a step back, if Andre Jimenez takes a little bit of a step back this upcoming season, then that lineup offensively, that ceiling would be low dramatically. I don't think that will happen for Ramirez and uh, Andre Jimenez because both those players are in their prime. But I just feel like the ceiling isn't quite there for the Cleveland Guardians. I like the floor, but I feel like the ceiling isn't quite there. I think they need a little bit more star power. And maybe they can make a trade and add a, another bopper to complement in Andres Jimenez and Jose Ramirez in that lineup. The White Sox, they added a Andrew Bantendi and a Mike Clevenger this offseason, I believe. Andrew Bantendi is the largest free agent contract that they ever handed out. I think it was like a four-year, $75 million deal. And if Andrew Bantendi is your largest free agent contract in history, you are a cheap baseball team. Because we know the D-backs are a cheap baseball team, but they've at least handed out $200 million to Zach Granke, $85 million to Madison Bumgarner. Like The D-backs will spend big-time money on at least one free agent every few years. The White Sox, Andrew Bantendi is your big get. Newsflash, he peaked. His rookie season. They also added Mike Clevenger. I think that's a nice, solid, low-risk, high-reward play. But for the White Sox, their issue is injuries. When we look at their outfielders, the Luis Roberts, the Eloy Hermeneses, their shortstop, Tim Anderson, always seems to be hurt as well. And then they lost the face of that franchise this offseason in Jose Abreu. I wouldn't be shocked if the White Sox won that division. I don't think that means anything. I think winning the AL Centrals, like winning the NFC South in football, like the Buccaneers won the NFC South, but we knew the Buccaneers weren't a good football team. That's why they got smacked by the Cowboys in round one. Whoever wins the division, the AL Central, I think won't be considered a great team. They could be a good team, but I don't think they'll go very far in the postseason. I like Cleveland, probably Cleveland the most of all these teams. The White Sox, I think, will be frisky, but I don't think they will be a playoff team this coming season. I don't think the Minnesota Twins will be a playoff team either. They added the Joey Gallows and the Christian Vasquez's of the world. They were also able to re-sign Carlos Correa, which was absolutely huge for that franchise. But uh, they won 78 games last year, and I don't see how they could go from 78 to potentially 90 games. Maybe that's what they need to win that division. I mean, it took 92 games to win that division last year. And I see them adding 14 wins to that roster with the additions that they made this offseason. I don't think so. I think the Twins and White Sox are just two frisky teams that could win around 80 games. And then the Tigers and Royals, I think those two teams just are 
not good at all and are just garbage. Unfortunately, the Tigers had one of the worst offensive seasons I think we've ever seen from a Major League Ball Club. I love Spencer Torkelson, but the Tigers could potentially ruin him. Let's get him in a better situation. The Royals are like the Tigers as well, but at least their young players look good. Bobby Wood Jr. looked really good last year. The Royals probably have a little bit more excitement when it comes to upside and their young talent, but both of those teams are going to be vying for the number one pick this upcoming season. So the AL Central is clearly the worst division in baseball. Checking in at number five and not too far behind is the other central division, the NL Central, because for this, I believe... The World Series contenders in the NL Central are the Cardinals. I think they're the only World Series contender in the NL Central. I think there's two frisky teams in the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago Cubs. And then I think the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. I think those two teams just suck. When I look at the St. Louis Cardinals, they were like a 93-win team last year. And they did lose future Hall of Famer Yadier Molina. But guess what? They, they replaced him with a Wilson Contreras who... Is not the defensive player behind the dish that Yadier is, but at the plate, he's probably a lot better than Yadier is, at least the last few years. And you could even argue prime versus prime. Who would you rather have at the plate? Wilson Gutierrez is that good. They already have Paul Goldschmidt. They already have Nolan Arenado. And they had a couple young guys from last year, a couple of rookies, or uh, at least one rookie from last year off the top of my head that really made an impact for that team. So, the Cardinals have young talent that should be better with another year of development, plus an MVP candidate, Paul Goldschmidt. Not an MVP candidate, the reigning MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. An MVP candidate, Nolan Arenado. Adam Wainwright, you're hoping he can stay healthy. He's old. I believe he's coming back for another season, but I still think this Cardinals team, I don't think I would be surprised if they won a World Series because I do think they're still very talented, and I think they have the ability to make a move if they need to. Um, when I look at the other teams in that division, the Chicago Cubs, I think they're frisky. I don't think they'll be in the playoff mix. I do think they could win around 80 to 85 games, kind of do what they did last season because the Cubs, they treated this offseason like they're trying to make the postseason 2023. They added Dansby Swanson on a massive deal. They took a one-year flyer on Cody Bellinger. They just signed Trey Mancini, who is one of the better DH power-hitting, versatile defensive players on the market. They gave a little bit of money to Jameson Tyone, who's a solid mid-rotation starter. Like The Cubs were really just trying to add quality pieces, not really break the bank on anyone. I guess on the Dansby Swanson, they kind of did. But they were just trying to add talent to a roster that was pretty much devoid of talent and now I look at that team like I don't even know how the Chicago Cubs won as many games as they did last year they won 74 games last year and they were only able to do that because they ended the season on like a 14 game win streak but could I see the Chicago Cubs winning like 80 games and being like a 500 team I definitely can I don't think that would be shocking the Milwaukee Brewers I think will probably be around 500 if you told me the Cubs are better than Milwaukee I wouldn't be shocked because I haven't liked Milwaukee's offense for years I love that rotation with the Burns and the Woodroves and the Freddie Peralta but they've dealt with injuries the last couple of years they just traded Josh Hader I feel like this is a transition I said that word pretty terribly transition period for the Milwaukee Brewers I wouldn't be surprised if they unloaded one of those really good starting pitchers at the trade deadline. Then I look at the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds. I think both of those teams are just trying to vie for the number one pick. Like the Cincinnati Reds just signed Luke Weaver. We know he isn't good. The Pirates, I don't think actually have, like I think 
the Pirates are not a good team, but I do think they could be promoted up to the frisky tier. I don't hate their lineup. I think it's actually solid. The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds are the team who is going to win like 61 games this upcoming season and get like a top three pick in the MLB draft. So Central, definitely the fifth best division and both of the Centrals, the two worst divisions in Major League Baseball. Now, if those teams want to get better and improve their performance. One thing that always improves my performance and my gains after the gym is Built Bar. And maybe those teams need a, need a Built Bar. Maybe those GMs need a Built Bar. Because if you want just the perfect, most delicious treat after working out at the gym, you need to get a Built Bar. Because look, look, look. We're all trying to eat healthy and be more health conscious after the new year, right? But we still have a sweet tooth. We're still human. And I'm someone that loves candy, loves chocolate. And the great thing about Bilt Bar is I get all of that. It tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's covered in 100% real chocolate. Soft, easy to chew, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. And the best thing about Bilt Bar right now is all their amazing flavors from cookies and cream to double chocolate or coconut puffs. And before, you had to go to Built.com to buy your Built Bars. No more. You don't have to just go to online ordering. Now you can walk into your nearest Walmart, head into a Sam's Club, and get a fat box of Built Bars. So go to Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box of that brownie be- of that brownie batter, and guess what? You can thank me later because the thing is so delicious. Built Bar, get it while you can. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's continue our power rankings of the different divisions in Major League Baseball and the next division. Up number four is the American League West. And this is really where I had an issue with Bleacher Report because I think they had the AOS number two in their power rankings. I was like, how is that possible? Yes, the AOS, I think, has two. World Series contenders in the Houston Astros and the Seattle Mariners. And I also think they have two frisky teams in the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Angels and one team that sucks in the Oakland A's. But I just don't view this division with as high of a ceiling as the other three divisions ahead of it. Because look, of course, the Houston Astros are by far, I think, in my opinion, the best team in the American League. The Astros went out there. Yes, they lost Justin Verlander, which is going to hurt big time because he's the reigning Cy Young Award winner. But still got Luis Garcia, still got Christian Javier, still got Lance McCullers, still got Jose Urquidy. Like, they're still stacked in that rotation. I'm probably even forgetting a guy. And they added a Jose Abreu to that lineup. Jose Abreu, his power over the fence numbers are starting to dwindle, but he's still like a 300 800 OPS guys still going to be way above average when you look at the WRC plus like Jose Abreu is still an all-star level player maybe not an MVP candidate anymore but still an all-star plus level player and they kept Michael Brandley who is not healthy for the postseason run the Seattle Mariners I think are a true World Series contender as well I like that team a lot 
They have Robbie Ray, who I don't love, but now he's only going to be like the number two or maybe even the number three, depending on how much George Kirby progresses and some of those other players in that rotation. And they have a Luis Castillo. They traded for Teoscar Hernandez. They added an AJ Pollock. And of course, they added our guy Cooper Hummel to just be the cherry on top. Love the Mariners as a World Series contender this season. And then I look at the other teams in that division. I've kind of shat on the Rangers. I feel like this, uh, I feel like my point of view has always been through the prism of anti-Rangers. But now looking at some of their more off-season moves, like the Rangers currently have in the frisky tier, but I do think they could be promoted to the playoff mix tier after seeing what they look like during the regular season because the Rangers. Another season of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, if they look better after another season, because I think both of them were solid last year, but I don't think either one of them were great or as good as they should have been with the money that they were getting paid. I think that happens sometimes to new faces and new places that first year. Like Francisco Lindor was not good his first year with the New York Mets. Like we kind of forget that. Some players are immediately good and some players need that year of an adjustment. I think Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon would both be better this upcoming season. And then the Rangers really address rotation concerns. They added Nate Avaldi. They added Andrew Heaney. And then, of course, they added Jacob deGrom. That deGrom contract is going to be horrible, probably the last half of that contract, maybe the last four years. But over the next two to three years, it could potentially be a great deal. DeGrom is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. The only thing that's a big question mark is his health. So if you could get a healthy DeGrom, like he's definitely going to be pushing you into the postseason mix. The Angels I have as a frisky team, I I can't really see them in the playoff mix. I could see them being a borderline 77 to 83 win team just because if you have a healthy Mike Trout and Shohei Otani for a full season, like it's hard to have two legit MVP candidates, one that could do it from the plate and the mound and not even be like a competitive team. Like the Angels, if they had another season of not being competitive and not making the playoffs like we can't forget one of the biggest overarching narratives and storylines for next season is the fact that it's Otani's last year in LA he's going to be a free agent and it's going to be are the Angels going to pony up a half billion dollars for him are the New York Yankees going to add Otani the Boston Red Sox the LA Dodgers like Otani's going to be the biggest free agent we've ever seen hit the market he can do it. We already know what he can do. He's the most skilled guy in baseball. And I mean, I am so curious to see how much he's going to be getting offered because 10 years, $500 million, a $50 million annual average salary, I think would actually be a bargain for Shohei Otani considering Judge is getting like $40 million. I think Otani should get like six fifty over 10 years. That's what I would be asking for if I was Otani's agent. And then the Oakland A's, they suck. They're trying to get a new stadium. They're trying to move. I don't know what the Oakland A's are doing, but they are not trying to win ball games right now. They are trying to get as many lottery balls as possible for the MLB draft. So AL West checks in at number four in the power rankings. Number three, how about the NL West, our division with the Arizona Diamondbacks, of course, because in this division, I believe there's two World Series contenders in the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. And then I think there's two teams who are frisky, the D-backs and the Giants. Notice how I didn't have 
a middle ground for the playoff mix. I won't, it went from World Series contenders to frisky teams. And then there's one team in the division that sucks. Sorry, Paul Holden. That is the Colorado Rockies. Because you look at this division, the LA Dodgers, they actually lost. Go look at their offseason. They lost a lot this offseason from the Heenies to the Trey Turners of the world to the Cody Bellingers of the world to some pieces in that bullpen. Like, the Dodgers... Lost a lot, and I still think they have a roster that could win 100-plus games because their depth is so nasty. Still going to have Kershaw, Julio Urias, Dustin Mays back. Um, they did lose Walker Buehler for the year, so that's going to hurt. But still going to have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Will Smith in your lineup. Like The Dodgers are going to be absolutely fine, and they are going to be in line to win the division, if not the whole damn thing. The San Diego Padres might be my favorite team in the division right now. I'd have to sit back and look, but they added a Xander Bogarts, which I think is just huge just because Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, and you expect to get Fernando Tatis back as well if he gets stopped injecting himself with illegal substances. And they quietly added a Matt Carpenter who was on a heater when he was healthy for the New York Yankees. So maybe he could go on another heater for the San Diego Padres. The Giants and D-backs are both frisky, and they're both on the same level in my opinion. Now, I do think both of these teams could be upgraded to the playoff mix, but right now I think they're just frisky because the Giants... I don't love their offseason. They lost Carlos Rodon, which I think hurts a lot. They added a Ross Stripling, which is a solid move. They added Mitch Hanniger, another solid move. Michael Conforto, solid move. Like, they added good pieces to this roster, but so did the D-backs, who are already pretty close to them in the standings last season. The D-backs added Lord Scoriel, traded for Gabriel Moreno, uh, rounded out their rotation a little bit with Zach Davies. I think the D-backs are just more than potentially any other team in baseball are just going to get such a huge boost from their young guys taking another leap forward with the Corbin Carrolls, Jake McCarthy's, the Alec Thomas's, Dre Jameson, Ryan Nelson, Josh Rojas. Like, there's so many freaking young studs on this D-backs team. I think the young talent is going to close the gap with the Giants and potentially leapfrog the Giants. And then you got the Colorado Rockies who just suck. So I think they will probably be locked into the last place seed in that division so the nos checks in at number three now checking in at number two as we get to the final two divisions here and of course What's funny about this is when you do this power ranking, the two worst divisions were the two central divisions. The next two divisions that I thought were the best were the two west divisions. So now that just leaves the AL East and the NL East. And which division, which conference do I think has the better East? I think at number two is going to be the American League East, the AL East, is the second best division in baseball because when I look at World Series contenders, I got the Yankees and I got the Blue Jays. Playoff mix, I got the Tampa Bay Rays. This is the first division and the only division that I think has World Series contenders and just teams I think can make the playoffs because I don't think the Tampa Bay Rays could win the World Series, but I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs. A frisky team is the Baltimore Orioles. The team that just sucks is the Boston Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox could 
also be one of those teams that get promoted to the frisky tier. But because of their offseason, I think the vibes around the Red Sox are going to be the reason that they don't win a lot of games just with everything that's gone down with Xander Bogarts. Really, the last few years, dating back to Mookie Betts, Devers did get signed, but that wasn't a very fun situation to go through during the offseason. Now you don't got Trevor Story like the Red Sox currently don't have a middle infield. They don't have a second baseman and shortstop. I feel like in baseball, having a second baseman and shortstop is kind of important. So I can't really see the Boston Red Sox being a very good team um, this year unless you just get Devers putting the team on his back, a Tristan Cassis putting the team on his back and get some phenomenal performances in your rotation. But like who's even in their rotation really? So uh, unless Chris Sale can somehow be healthy for a full season, those the, the Boston Red Sox are going to be in last place in that division. The Baltimore Orioles, I think, are kind of like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Frisky, looking at development from young talent, like they're probably right there with the D-backs in terms of the biggest boost that they're going to get from their team is going to be the young players from last year to this year just improving in their skill set because they got Adley Rushman, they got Gunner, her uh Gunnar Henderson like they got some really young studs on that roster so I think that's where they're going to get the biggest boost is from those young guys the Tampa Bay Rays just like the Chicago White Sox gave out their largest free agent contract in franchise history this past offseason I'll pause real quick we'll do the door the explorer pause because can you guess who that free agent was that got the largest contract in Tampa Bay Rays history if you guess Zach Eflin, you were right. Three-year, $40 million deal. Eflin is not even that good, but somehow there was a bidding war between him and the other AL East teams, which is just insane. The Rays, I think, are just like the Utah Jazz of baseball. Back when the Utah Jazz had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell because I think this is just one of those teams that are good, but not great. A team that's definitely going to make the playoffs. Definitely going to win a lot of regular season games. But you know once you get to the playoffs, the ceiling really isn't there. Don't really have the star power to um, overcome some of their obstacles. And just, in my opinion, too reliant on advanced analytics. Tampa Bay Rays have a great model. Always consistent. Always winning games. But I don't think they have the ceiling of a true World Series contender. Then the Blue Jays and Yankees, the two true World Series contenders of this division because the Blue Jays added Chris Bassett to that rotation with Gosman and Manoa. If you get a good Barrios again, like that's a nasty rotation. And they added Varsho and they added Kiermaier, going to have one of the best defensive outfields in baseball. Don't like that they trade Teoscar Hernandez, but we're able to make up for it with the Dalton Varsho trade. Then the Yankees, they really only had like one major move this offseason by signing Garrett Cole, but... That's a huge move. And, of course, they re-signed Aaron Judge, which would have been the most devastating thing if they lost Aaron Judge. But adding a Garrett Cole, or excuse me, I don't know why I keep saying Garrett Cole. Adding, it's because I wrote Garrett Cole down in my notes. Adding Carlos Rodon behind a Garrett Cole to give you that one-two combination in your rotation with a nasty Nestor Cortez as your one-two-three. I think they now have one of the best top three rotations in all of baseball. I think it's probably on par with like the Milwaukee Brewers, maybe even better. So these Yankees team, they can hit home runs. They're going to change a lot of games with one swing of the bat. And now you have a rotation that could keep the other team from scoring runs as well, like the Yankees a lot entering 2023. Then that leaves the best team, or excuse me, the best division in baseball, the NL East, because this is the only division with three 
World Series contenders, the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, and the Philadelphia Phillies. You got one frisky team, the Miami Marlins, and then you got a team that absolutely sucks in the Washington Nationals. The Mets, they did lose Jacob deGrom. They actually lost like a bunch of just ancillary pieces on their roster this year, but they also spent a ton of money this offseason. At one point, don't forget, we thought they were going to get Carlos Correa, which would have been absolutely insane, but even without him, added Justin Verlander, who is a lot older than DeGrom, but also probably more of a stable piece than DeGrom because of health. Added a Jose Quintana, added a Kodai Senga. Hopefully, I got his name right. The Japanese pitcher. I think he's going to be the true X factor this offseason. And then you still got Stephen Cohen as your owner. So he's going to be willing to spend money and make any move necessary to win the World Series. Did bring back Brandon Nimmo on the fat deal as well. Probably not a huge fan of that contract, but the Mets are going to be in the mix once again with a Verlander and Scherzer reunited once again. That is one of my favorite storylines heading into next season. Braves, already a stud roster, stud rotation, and they locked up more of their core this offseason. They added Sean Murphy, and I think not re-signing Dansby Swanson to that big deal was actually positive for this Braves team. I like how they pick and choose which players they want to sign. I was saying all offseason, I thought Dansby Swanson was going to be like the black sheep of the market because I thought he was going to get between 20 and 25 million, and I thought he just wouldn't have been worth it by the time he hits his early to mid-30s, so the fact that the Braves were like, you know what, Millard, you're right. We're not going to pay Dansby Swanson. We're going to allocate that money elsewhere. Very smart organization there. The Phillies might have had the best offseason of any of these teams because they added Trey Turner, added Taiwan Walker, and I just love the vibe around this Philadelphia Phillies team right now. And their GM, Dave Dombrowski, we know is not afraid to make an all-in move at any point. So, Always be lurking for the Phillies for the trade market. The Marlins, I mean, if they were just able to add some free agent pieces, like no one is saying that they have to go out there and sign the Carlos Correa's of the world, but they added a Trey Mancini. And then if they added um maybe someone else like a Wilson Contreras or someone who's pretty solid, I mean, he was probably too expensive for them. But a Cody Bellinger and like a Trey Mancini and just took some flyers on some of these guys that could get you 25 to 30 home runs, a near 800 OPS, and just be positive ball players in your lineup. Like, that's what they need. Their lineup sucks pretty much after Jazz Chisholm, and they didn't really do anything to address that, and they have one of the best rotations in baseball. So look for the Marlins to be big trade deadline sellers, but I think they're frisky because of that rotation. It's so damn good. It might be the best rotation in all of baseball. And the Washington Nationals, they absolutely suck. Don't really have much thoughts on them. Don't really have an opinion on them outside of they are not going to be very good this season. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Go back and catch up on any pods you might miss this week because it is Friday. So go catch up on any pods you might have missed. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast with host Lindsey Crosby because he's a prospect encyclopedia knows every prospect from basically rookie ball to triple a so go listen to his show very informative come back next week for more dimebacks news coverage and insight and as always stay safe stay healthy Deuces. when everyone's on the same page getting things done at work is easy no matter what you do or what industry you're in how you communicate is key everything you type is equally important to collaboration and grammarly can help think of it as your ai writing partner empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently. 
so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.